Joanna, how are you? Happy day, happy day. Happy day, happy week, happy month, year, happy life. How are you doing, my friend? I love our conversation as I know that our audience are loving them too. I've got such an amazing feedback, our past videos, especially the one that you shared about how to protect our, our legacy. That was gold. And I hope that everybody always walks from here with something actionable so they can improve themselves, but not in their personal aspect, but in their business life. How are you doing, my friend? Fantastic. Fantastic. Great to be here with you. And in fact, uh, one of the conversations that we had recently was along the lines of, hey, this is time of the year that a lot of us are, are revising our forecast for the year. You know, where we cross the halfway point, the midway point for the year. And, and, and there's a lot of things that have happened that we were not forecasting. You know, the cost of goods, the cost of services, inflation, pressures, a whole number, a whole host of things that have a direct impact, not only on the top line, but also on the bottom line. So we talked about how now was the time to revise our numbers upwards for to make sure that we hit our targets for this year. So along those lines, I started thinking, you know, I wonder how many of our, our of our audience, of, of, of our fellow entrepreneurs, fellow business owners that connect with us on a regular basis, I wonder how many of them understand that all of us should be looking at three types of income coming into our business. And and, and I'm, I'm not talking about multiple flows of income. That's a different subject for a different time. I'm talking about three types of income, of revenue that we all should be looking at. Can you want to guess what those three things are, those three types? You know what? I'm not going to pretend here that I know things. So you have to educate me when it comes to this. So I'm all ears. Well, let's do this. Maybe this this, yes. this will help me flush out the idea and it will help you pick up something new. Okay. So here are the three types. The, the first type of income that we, we should be looking at is what's called linear. Linear income. That's when you do something, you do an activity, and you get paid for that activity. What happens in, in the in the W-2 world, in the employee-employer relationship, is that you work eight hours and you get paid for those eight hours. When you okay. don't work, you don't get paid. That's why it's linear. You do something and you get compensated for that something. Uh, when we go from, we, a lot of times when we transition from the W-2 world, from the employee world, and we transition into the small business owner, entrepreneur world, that's all we bring to the table. That's all. That's our. We bring that thinking with us. Is what I'm trying to say because that's the only thing that we have been trained from since we were kids. You work and you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid. And and we only look at linear income. And that could be in an, in. I, I provide a product. I provide a service in the marketplace, and I get paid for that. Uh, I provide consulting services for a client. And it may be a one-month thing. It could be a one-day thing. It could be a multiple-month transaction. But once that's done, it's done. And so you, the, the work begins and ends, and the money also begins and ends. Um, you look at real estate. You look at uh, that, that business that so many of our friends are involved in. It's, a, it's linear income. You know, if you're the real estate agent, you list the property, you sell the property, you collect a, a commission for your work deserved, you know, for the work that you've done that is highly 
uh, desirable and, and useful and, and provides real value. And then uh, as soon as that transaction closes, you're out of a job. Okay, so that the money ends. So that's linear. You do something and you get paid for it. And the second type of income, does that make sense? The linear piece? Well, most of us are familiar with that. Oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, and the beauty that I would like for you to educate us too, it's like some people, believe it or not, when you speak in the languages of like uh, W2, 95, they don't understand what what are those. Can you bring a little bit of clarity of the difference between one and another, please? Sure. W2, what I refer to, W2, W2 is a tax form. And, Correct. And, there and you go. What it does is that terminology is used when someone works for a for somebody else. Yes. When I worked at General Electric for many years, I was a W-2 employee. I was on salary uh, to General Electric. So as long as I had an employment agreement with them, they pay me uh, a salary for that. That's what W-2 is. Correct. When you transition to entrepreneurship, you transition to a small business ownership, um, you, you make your own money. So there's no W-2 form unless you create a corporation and you become an employee of that corporation. That's not most of us, okay? Um, and, and it also, when you are a realtor, when you're a, what is called an independent contractor. Or a consultant, uh, for instance. A consultant. Okay. Uh, it could be a real estate agent. It could be an insurance agent. It could be an accountant working in an accounting private accounting firm that that you get paid basically you eat what you hunt right yeah or you eat what you kill that means that when you do something you get paid for that but since there's no employer employee relationship you're not that those that income is not reflected in a w-2 form it's reflected on a 1099 form which is used to pay independent contractors so that's that's really the the, the differentiator between W-2 and 1099 or independent contractor agreement. Uh, most realtors are paid that way through a 1099 arrangement. Most insurance agents are paid that way and and, and and many others. So I'm not a CPA, I'm not an accountant. So if you still have questions about that, I mean, not you, Joanna, we can talk offline, but others. Of course, of course. It's, it's just for our audience, for them to, 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 you know, have that difference very clear and Crystal, because you have no idea how much many people do not see this or, or haven't been able to be explained in such a crystal way like you always do explain things. So, that. okay, that's the first um, yeah. the first type. So What's linear. the second one? That's right. We talked about linear, right? You do something, Correct. you get paid for that something. Yep. You work an hour, you get paid for the hour. You sell a house, you get paid for the house, that commission on that house. So the second type is called leveraged. Leveraged. That's when you have leverage. Income and what does leverage means? That's a relationship keeping with the real estate world because a lot of us are familiar with the real estate world. Is is the relationship between an agent and a broker of that agency? So, as a real estate agent, you sell a property, you get paid a commission on that transaction. As a as a broker, you build a team of agents. That's why you become a broker, so you can leverage time leverage income. And not only do you get paid for any transactions that you make personally as a broker, but also you get paid a, a piece of all your agents' transactions. That you're, So you're leveraging your team's production to increase your income. So that's the second way that we should be looking at um, in our businesses. We should be looking at not only having linear income, 
but also having leveraged income. Uh, one thing that I learned along the way, and so this is not something that came out of the sky and landed on my la- on my lap, but really good friends of mine who have been very very successful. They tell they told me they, I, I like when people just speak to me clearly, and they said, "Look, if you have a business and everything depends on you, that's not a business. That's a job, a job that you created, a job that you probably love, but it's not a business." It's a job that you're self-employed. You're not an entrepreneur. You're not a business owner. And what that person went on to explain is that that is the difference between linear and leveraged income. Basically, he said, if everything you generate is linear income, you have a job. It's a job that you created for yourself. You're self-employed. When you transition to leverage income, meaning that you build a team and you have a way to increase production, and everyone gets paid, and you get paid on everybody's production, that starts to become a business. Think about a chef. A chef, it could be a a fantastic, talented chef that makes the best food, but he or she does not have a team to help him or her grow a business, i.e. a restaurant. They're just a chef, and that's really not a business. And, And I shouldn't say just a chef. I'm just saying that all they have is what they can produce personally. You know, in, in a restaurant environment, when the chef is the owner, he or she's leveraging people in the kitchen to prep, sous chefs, you know, chef de cuisine, all that stuff. Then you got front of front of the house people to help them take care of the clients while they're there, run the dining room, and others. And that's called leverage. That's why a restaurant can do two, three million dollars a year. Correct. And it doesn't all just rest on the chef's efforts. So that's leverage income. Think of a chef in a restaurant. Think of a real estate agents versus real estate brokers. So that's the second thing. Does that make sense? Leverage, you're leveraging people's resources and, oh, yeah. and, and everybody gets paid. Okay, fantastic. And, and by the way, in corporate America, before I get off of that, we are all being leveraged, right? As an employee, the organization, the corporation is leveraging all the employees to produce products and services for the marketplace, right? You know, and and within teams, the general manager is leveraging their inside salespeople, the outside sales reps, the engineering team, the supply chain people, you know, is leveraging everyone's efforts so we can collectively do more, okay? So that's the second thing. The third type of income is what is called residual, residual income. And that's when... You do something one time and you get paid multiple times for that one thing that you did. And so in some cases, you get paid for a very long time or in some cases forever for one activity that you did. And, and I love know, that one. Well, that's the holy grail. You know, and, yes. and most people do not understand and have never really heard or understood what residual income means. I, I, I kind of tech, I knew the technical side of it. You know, before, while, while I was still an employee, uh, a corporate employee, uh, but I didn't really live what residual income is until I went into financial services many, many, many years ago, and I lived through that that experience. Uh, and, and I go back to that. But again, residual income, you do something one time, you get paid multiple, multiple times for a very long period of time, in some cases forever. In the entertainment industry, that's called royalties, you know? Mm-hmm. Somebody produces a song or creates content 
and I own that content, that, that song. And every time somebody wants to use that song, because it's my intellectual property, I get paid a royalty for that. I don't have to sing the song again. Mm-hmm. It's produced one time. And every time it gets used, it gets paid. So that's an example. And um, publishing is also royalties, right? The author writes the book one time. If I want to read the book, I buy the book, right? That There's a piece goes to the publisher, a piece goes to, to the author. If you want to read the book, the author doesn't need to write the book again. It's already written. So every time somebody buys it, they get paid. And, and, and so, that, so that's in the publishing world. That's what that's called. Um, I learned this. I lived this concept in, in the insurance and financial services industry. In fact, I learned linear income because I started by myself. So I knew what it was like. I need to sell a bunch of policies, a bunch of premium, and I get paid a commission on that. Fantastic. Now, leverage is when I build a team and I expanded and I had offices in six different states at some point. So everyone's production, all my agents got paid, and then I got paid a little bit on everyone's production. Now, the residual piece in that world is called renewals. So to keep it really simple, auto insurance. You may buy a six-month policy or a 12-month policy, depending on the company. I get, I sell Joanna a six-month policy, and it's 1000 bucks. I get paid a commission on that $1,000. On just before your company, your policy expires, it renews automatically. You pay me, pay the uh, pay me again, or pay the insurance company again. This time it's probably going to be twelve hundred dollars because insurance rates keep going up, and I get paid a commission on that again, and I never even have to talk to you. So, and, and that could go on for years as long as you keep your your policy active. I keep getting paid as your agent. So that's what that's what I learned about residual income, that I could look at my bank statement and, and look at deposits being made and not know where they came from, honestly, because I wasn't involved. You know, and I love really, me some of that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love me some of that, too. And I, and I think more, more people understood what residual income really was. They, they, there's a saying, if you know what it is, if you really understand it, you run through a brick wall to go get it. Because it's that powerful and that significant. So, again, every business has the possibility and the opportunity, if it's planned correctly, to generate those three types. It's up to you to, to put a, to create the inventory, to create the inventory of products or services that will allow you to do that. And having gone through this experience myself multiple times of what, what it's like to have it Three ways, right? Cake yeah. and ice cream and coffee, eh? three ways. Yeah. Um, I will not do anything that doesn't provide three types of income. And that's one of the things when somebody... And, presents, and it makes sense. Yeah. Somebody presents an opportunity to me. I'm not looking at it unless it's got possibility for, for those three types of, of income. And again, everyone should be able to create a path to having that in their business. You know, they can they can create it in house mm-hmm. or and or they can bolt on something to their business that that helps them get leverage, that helps them get uh, residual. The linear part, the direct part is, is easy because that's what we're used to doing. 
and and most of us are ready to work and ready and ready to earn uh, our money. But if if you don't you don't if you don't create leverage, if you don't create residual, we're gonna be working for the rest of our lives until you die. Honestly, and that sounds awful, but that's that's the reality. Because when you're not working, you're not earning, and that's it. That's the risk. Correct, Antonio. And, and I believe that the pandemic, aside from making the huge comeback for QR codes, also made us aware that just having one avenue when it comes to your income is shooting yourself in the foot. Because that one can always be taken away. So it's important to diversify and find different ways to create income in this three linear, in three, in three ways that you were just showing us, which is yeah. very, very, very important. And this is something that came from experience. I was able to, you know, to see, unfortunately, many friends and family that were like, you know what, I got laid off. Um, the company no longer can keep me during this. And, okay, what's your plan B? Um, I, can't, I have enough savings to, you know, fly by for six months. Others had nothing because they never thought that this was going to happen. Right. So for you to show us and explain to us, okay, it doesn't have to be one way. You actually have three options. It's beautiful. Three options, and they're all viable, and they're available Correct. to everyone Correct. If, you're, if you're intentional about it. And, and I, you know, I think I shared this story with you before. I, one of the reasons or the main reason that I became an entrepreneur back in 2004 is that I was laid off. I was laid off for, for corporate America not once but twice. Damn. Inside of five years, so sorry, but damn, no, I don't I mean, want to be that People, people get moved. You move because of something ahead of you is really good, or, be, or because something behind you is really scary. So, so in my case, you get, I got pushed into motion, right? So, so I, I know how real that is. I know how real it is to have one thing and depend on one thing, and and that thing go away. Okay, so so that's. I mean, that's not necessarily what we're talking about today, but it's very related, related to the topic. You know, multiple streams of income is one thing. Three types of income on your current thing, that's something else, right? They're related, but they're not the same. So uh, a quick example of perhaps some of our, our friends could, could relate. So a, a consultant, I'm a business solutions consultant, right? You're a marketing strategist and a, and a branding consultant strategist. So we're, we're very focused on what we do. Fantastic. So our linear income is based on the products and services that we provide in the marketplace. And that's the linear piece of it. We, unless we have a team around us doing what we do also, and we're able to leverage that production and get a piece of it, we don't have leverage. So our first step was how do we build leverage in our business so we can do more, serve more, and make more. Honestly, so so that's the second thing. The third thing is those those consulting gigs they start and they end. You know they're very transactional. They're not usually not for a very long period of time. So they start and they end. So how do you make sure that you create something that has a longer life cycle that lasts for a lot longer? And it pays you for a lot longer while you're doing other things. Now, that, that doesn't require your direct input to make that Correct. happen. So one way that some people do it in our space is they create courses, right? They say, okay, oh, they create subscriptions. 
You say, okay, now I'm, I'm the expert on this and I provide this services one-on-one and I get paid for that very well. Now I have a small team of people who do similar things about what, what I do and I become not only a consultant, but I have an agency or a firm. And they get paid the, the gross of what they do for the production that they do. And I get a little piece for providing overhead and all out and client lists and things like that, and branding and things like that. The residual is let's build a curriculum, a coaching system that our clients can benefit from on an ongoing basis, on demand, 24-7. It doesn't require our intervention all the time, but they pay, I don't know, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 200, whatever it is. And it's a subscription plan that pays. That's residual. That can turn into residual because you do it one time. You sell that thing one time and you keep adding value through that channel and it will pay off. It doesn't require more of your input. Correct. So that's a simple example of things that that I've seen in the marketplace. Does that make sense, Joanna? Oh, by all means, by all means. Yes, it totally resonates. And I guess that the question that our followers are asking, like, where do I sign up? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's, you know, I I will tell you that there's a way to evaluate opportunities to do that. And, And that's a different topic for a different time. But I actually have a way that there's five things that you need to look at on any type of business any type of project before you make a decision. So we can talk about that at a different time. But for now, I think that the, the, the message is, listen, this time of year, you're usually looking at your forecast, your sales forecast, and <clears throat> how far are you from where you need to be at this time to make sure that you have the year that you forecast. So while you're doing that and looking, your, looking at your financials, you should be looking at how else do I have leverage in my in my business? Am I, am I really a business owner or am I a self-employed person? That's the first Correct. question. And if you're a self-employed person and you're okay being that, cool, understand the risk and keep doing what you're doing. Now, if you're saying, I'm a self-employed person, I never looked at it that way, I, I got to I, I raise my level of awareness, I want to build leverage in my business. Okay. So think about how you can add leverage to your business. There's really two main ways, people and technology. And I will tell you that people um, is it's the way that you buy time, is the way that you, you become bigger, faster with people. So, so that's the second thing. How do you build leverage? And the third thing is how do you build residual? How do you make sure, how, how, how can what, what you do today, can that generate residual income? If the answer is yes, do more of it. If the answer is no, figure out, start looking for ways that you can bring something to your business, to your platform, that will generate residual income. The holy grail is residual income. It's really, you know, things that you do one time and you get paid for a very, very long time. So that's that's really, I want to raise the level of awareness that this exists. And then maybe that will lead us to different conversations based on the comments that our friends, you know, include uh, below this this uh, live this live stream. Yes, yes, yes. And, and Antonio, as always, these are pearls of wisdom because not it's so often that people or business owners call themselves a business owner, but it's a team of one. 
Yeah. And the first step to work on a problem, it's to acknowledge that you have a problem. Hey, if you're okay with being a solopreneur, that's fine, but be aware that it's gonna not going to be sustainable in the long run because, like you just said, if you don't hunt what you eat, you don't eat, you don't eat period. So yeah. if that's the way that you're going to make it happen and that's going to work for you, perfect. But also take in consideration that if you want to be on your own, you also need to create another type of leverage where you can create, like you just mentioned, the courses, workshops, whatever you name it, that it's going to be out there for a long time and you're going to keep earning from that Right. Single effort, which oftentimes we do not realize, and that's very, very important for everyone to be cognizant and aware in order to make yourself and think for the future. Yeah, one hundred percent, and that's what we're trying to do—just raise the level of awareness. And you know, I have friends that 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 do everything on their own, and they're one one person band. And they make five, six hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're perfectly happy with that. And I'm not saying that that's bad money. I'm saying that's great money. And, 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 and it can be done and it has been done. It's being done. You see a lot of this on the digital space, right? You Correct. Know, people doing e-commerce or doing Amazon dropshipping. They're doing all kinds of trading, Forex trading. There's a lot of things that are one man, one band, one man band, right? One person band. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. And, and that's okay. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm not poo-pooing on any of those ideas. Oh, no, no, I will, at all. At all. I, I, will share, I will share with you and everyone who listened that, like a, a great mentor told me, he says, look, man, one of anything is too close to zero. So so as good as it may be, it's still too close to zero. It can go to zero like that. And then what? So so that's what the conversation about, you know, having multiple types of income, you know, linear, leverage, residual, and multiple streams of income. You know, what you're doing Main, your main thing and then your side thing. That's two. Yeah. Uh, another side thing. That's three. So that's three streams. So if one dries up, the other two are still feeding your your family. Right. The power of three. You know me. I'm always all about that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So anyway, that's. Yeah. I hope this is valuable. I hope that you know it's, oh, it's yeah. clear as to what the three types of income are. Raise the level of awareness. Make sure that that you look at this as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a entrepreneur, someone who's looking into. Uh, doing something, uh, an entrepreneurial project, I encourage you to look at this right now, to look at it ahead of time and understand, you know, what are the pros and cons of of one single type of income? And, you know, down the line, if if this makes sense, it doesn't make sense, you have a question, include it down below in the comments. I'll be happy to address them. And, and, And maybe there's some things that we can do a little bit better and go do a deeper dive into one of these uh, and on these in this topic or others related. So I encourage all our friends to to include their comments and questions below. Thank you. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that and give us a little bit more clarity in this entrepreneurial journey, uh, the journey of life, pretty much, because even if you're an entrepreneur or you're working for a company or you are thinking or considering having a side hustle, these are the things that need to be taken care of and you need to be aware of. And once again, thank you so much for sharing with us. Great to see you, Joanna. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your friendship. And we'll talk soon. Yes, by all means. See you next week.